Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to, no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E-2-0. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, welcome to the Viking Age podcast. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for thevikingage.com. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Shad. writes for us here at the Viking Age, and he also writes for his own coverage and bring me the news. Um, all right, so yesterday, Sunday, bright and early, the Vikings kicked off week four with a nail-biter of a game squeaking out a, a win over the saints in London, England, uh, the double doink heard, I guess across the world. Cause it was over in, uh, in England. So, um, crazy game. Vikings squeak it out. They're three and one. They're, they're doing well. They're doing well. Second week in a row. They needed, you know, some, some last second magic to, to get a win. And, uh, yeah, they're three and one first place in the NFC North. First month with Kevin O'Connell seems to be going pretty well. Chris, I just want to get your just general reaction from everything that happened yesterday against the Saints. Well, it wasn't pretty, but it was a win. And I think there's two groups of Vikings fans. Like watching it, I was just like, why aren't you doing this? Why isn't this working? Why isn't anything working? And then at the end, it's like, oh, okay, we won, right? It, it's like kind of, um, again, we like wrestling references on this show the heel, you know, champion or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like he pulls the foreign objects out of his trunks when the ref isn't looking and, you know, Mm -hmm. he pins him and, you know, maybe he's got a manager and like, this is like Kevin O'Connell running over the timekeepers table and grabbing the belts and getting the hell out of there (laughs) and like flipping everybody off on the way out of London or whatever. Um, You know, this is a cushion the Vikings haven't had in the standings anyway uh, in several years. I think it was 2019 that was the first year they actually started like this. And do you feel like a three and one team? Not really. I, I think there's a lot of things that need to be sorted out. And we'll talk about that over the context of this show. But I also think that the Vikings are in a much better spot than they were at this time last year or even 2020. So I don't know. I mean, it's hard to get upset knowing that they're three and one and that they can build on this. And, you know, it's a hell of a start to have. So I guess we'll we'll just see where it goes. Yeah, like you said, wins. This is this you know wins in the NFL equal the same 
this isn't college football where it matters like how much you you win by or who you play or if you <laughs> lose to Purdue at home I don't know <laughs> sorry uh, <laughs> wins are wins are wins in the NFL if you if you beat every team by one point and you win 12 games you're still going to be and you finish first in the NFC you're still going to stay first in the NFC because you won those 12 games it's not going to matter if you win by so many points or you beat the the Packers twice or whatever wins or wins in the NFL and I think that's the kind of the point that I feel like Kevin O'Connell's been trying to get across his team at least it seems that way from like his his post game speeches where he's like these these games you know they they're coming down to the wire but we knew that was going to happen but you know we've been able to come out on top the last two weeks um and the teams that they've beaten the last two weeks you know they're they're not the greatest but it feels like they play hard uh the Lions especially the Lions are scoring points like no no team in the NFL right now and they can't stop anybody but they're still gonna give you problems and then the Saints were pretty feisty uh yesterday even with Andy Dalton in there you know maybe the Vikings had something to do with keeping them in the game by not being able to score enough touchdowns and just kicking field goals all day but they were they they, they stuck around even with I was kind of kind of impressed with Andy Dalton, and I'm just gonna say this out here, and maybe this will just piss people people off right away. I feel like Kirk Cousins was outplayed by the last two quarterbacks in the last two weeks by uh, Andy Dalton and Jared Goff because something's off with Kirk Cousins. You can agree to disagree or or whatever, but <laughs> but uh, he just doesn't seem right. But but at the same time, when the Vikings need him to step up and lead them down the field for a game winning drive, he's he's been up to the task and. That's not something we've been able to see from him in the past. Here's what I think about Kirk Cousins. Like, I think he's so he's a very cerebral quarterback. We know this, right? Yeah. Like when he is on, like he, yeah, yeah, he well, he's very good, like pre-snap <laughs> and stuff. That That's just kind of what he does. And yeah. then, you know, to add this whole new offense, like think, think back to OTAs. Everybody was talking about, hey, this offense is awesome. Like. Does there's like Cooper Cup roll and Adam Thielen was excited and uh, Kirk, Kirk Cousins was like, was like eh. I got I gotta have flashcards and I mm-hmm. uh, you know and he said it's the same old offense but I mean he's talking about putting in flashcards and he's like I I I had this throw in uh, practice and I wasn't gonna make that throw and Kevin O'Connell came to me and said you should make that throw Kirk and like it, it just seems like Kevin O'Connell's goal was to make him play with a quiet mind. But like Kirk got like a death metal festival going on in there right now. It's just like, you know, and like when that happens, it's like, I'm going to throw to the wheel route to CJ ham, or I'm I'm going <laughs> to do all these other stupid things. And his accuracy go, he's rushing throws. He's doing, it just feels like he's thinking out there on the field. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when he's thinking, that's when he screws up. That's, mm-hmm. that's like the game in Philadelphia where he's like, Oh my God, I'm in Philadelphia. The lights are on and everybody is super loud. You know, even in like, you know, the Detroit game, it's like he's overthrowing receivers. Mm-hmm. He's missing guys. He, he's overthrowing. I wouldn't go as far to say he was outplayed by Andy Dalton and Jared Goff. Those guys are system quarterbacks mm-hmm. doing what's in the restraint of the system. But Kirk Cousins is in the same way, too, in that he can get a little bit more out of that system than those two can. So, yeah. I guess they're all kind of equal quarterbacks. He he just he's having trouble to kind of adapt to this new scheme, and, yep. and that's what's that partially what's holding the Vikings. Out. He's not the only one. Like I'll, oh, I'll no, point yeah. that out right now. Like 
Justin Jefferson ran a wrong route against the Eagles. Jalen Rieger oh, yeah. ran a round, wrong route on Sunday. Like you yeah. could see like a lot of people on this offense are like, ooh, and, and it's kind of got John DiFilippo vibes where you're trying to do all these things. And then uh, on Sunday, they went back to getting CJ Ham in there more. They went back to two tight end sets. Like it wasn't every snap in the shotgun. They try to do things to make Kurt comfortable, which is annoying, but mm-hmm. – that's that's what you do. That is Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I think you could say that he's uncomfortable uh, so far this season. Maybe not. Maybe not the first week. Even even the first week, there are some some things that you could say he was uncomfortable with. But it just seems like it seems like Kevin O'Connell is trying to eliminate him from having maybe those those easy checkdowns that he's so used to, and just kind of forcing him to look downfield. Now Kirk is whenever Kirk seems to have a checkdown option, he frequently takes it um you've taken the example yesterday of uh feeling just kind of coming across the middle uh yesterday i think they were in a goal line situation it was like three yards in front of him uh and uh jefferson was wide open in the back of the end zone in the the right side and he opted to go for Thielen just because he was there um i don't know why but i think kevin o'connell wants kirk cousins to get to that point where he's not even looking at Thielen in that situation where he's just looking downfield, whether it be at Jefferson or at KJ Osborne or at Irv Smith down the field. Um, and I think maybe, maybe Kirk cousins was a little burned by taking some of those chances in, uh, in week two against the Eagles. And he's kind of been hesitant to take those now, but at the same time, he's at the end of the, at the end of the last two weeks, he's been, he's been able to do what they need him to do and drive him down the field. Um, so when he has to, get them down the field he can but it seems like during the middle of the game when the vikings have the capability of of pushing their foot on the gas pedal and and adding a bunch of points he kind of just just goes through the motions and they're left with a bunch of field goals like they were yesterday so there's still plenty to improve on i like the fact that it feels like kevin o'connell is forcing kirk cousins to do things that he's not used to and and thing and it's his stats aren't as good but but guess what? They're three and one. And when his stats were good, you know, a few years ago, even last year, they weren't good. So, like, I would much rather have Kirk Cousins throw for 15 touchdowns and 11 interceptions in a season and the Vikings go 12 and five than have him, you know, throw for 5,000 yards and the Vikings win six games. So, um, can I, I bring like up something, doing. though, about oh, the first four games? Because, I, yeah. I mean, I started, I, was so you said in general, hey, at least they're winning these games, right? They are winning them in the same way that they won in uh, with Mike Zimmer. Yeah, where it was. I mean, it's Phil Mackey brought this up. It's like scripted. Like they're gonna mm-hmm. go out, they're gonna have an awesome first drive, then they're gonna kind of <laughs> run into some turbulence, then they're gonna get <laughs> some points, then they're going to, you know get a big lead in the second half and the other team's going to come back and it's going to be a little, and then razor's edge. Like it's just back and forth. And like, I looked it up actually for an article at zone coverage. So the average margin, which however many points it was decided by win or lose Mm -hmm. uh, in Vikings games over the last four years, 2018, it was 11.8 points, 2019, it was 11.5 points, 2020, it was 7.9 points per game. 2021, it was 7.2 points per game and 14 games decided by one possession. I looked at victories too over the last two years where Kevin O'Connell was in Los Angeles. The Rams, 
had won their games by an average of 11.9 points, so nearly 12 points per game. The Vikings, seven. <laughs> it's just they. You they mean to need... tell me they're playing the same with the same players? Yeah, who knew? <laughs> and here's the thing. I think what the Vikings did and maybe even ownership was just like, okay, we have these players. They were good once upon a time, right? 2017. Yeah. Of course, yeah. nobody thinks of that five years ago because five years ago is like a football eternity. Like you have mm-hmm. dog years, like NFL years are like by 10. So like everybody's like 50 years older right now. But mm-hmm. like, I think the Wolves looked at it and they're like, well, we could blow up the roster. It's going to take a couple of years to get back to where we want to be and whatever. Or we could change the coach because these games are so close that maybe it is one decision that goes the other way. But it, like Kirk Cousins said in the win over the Packers last year, like they, they just keep playing on the razor's edge. And it's like things go. So it's like Dalvin Cook fumbles in Cincinnati and the Vikings lose. Um then you have another game where, Cardinals. you know, Detroit. Yeah, or the Cardinals game, you know, uh, Greg Joseph misses. But you also, like, people look at those games that the Vikings lost, and they said, well, if one thing goes different, they could win them. The Vikings also could have been a train wreck last year if they had l- lost some of the games that they were supposed to win. The Pittsburgh game, they had a 29 nothing lead, and it would have been tied going to overtime if Pat Fryermuth hauls in a catch at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Both Lions I, games. Yeah, both Lions game. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Lions in particular—that's that's win and lose. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, Kevin O'Connell's looking right now, going, "Yeah, we're three and one. We're winning these games. This is great." But that pendulum's going to swing by the other way, and it almost did. I mean, Harrison Smith gets kicked in the balls, and the Vikings <laughs> have to call a timeout. And I was proud of myself. I saw that right away because like he fell on his shoulder or nothing. I'm like, no, he got. He's grabbing his balls, man. He got kicked in the nuts by Cam Dantzler. So, I mean, I'll do anything to win, but wear a cup, I guess. It's better than Chris Boyd running into you and snapping your leg in half. But, you know, that's another story. Was he the guy on that play? Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's the one. But it was hilarious. The team thought it was hilarious. I shouldn't say that. It was the one he. No, no, no. Oh, uh, are you talking about Harrison Smith? Who, who was it? Was it Chris Cam? Chris Boyd was the guy who was on the Lewis scene play. He's the one who knocked okay. Lewis scene in That's the air. That's what I was wondering. Yes, but Cam Bynum kicked Harrison yeah, yeah, yeah. Smith in the. Yeah. It might have been a combo of Bynum and like the Saints player or whatever. But yeah, I like the I liked all the t- the tweets like Harrison Smith was in hitting a, a sensitive area. And I'm like, guys, come on, like you can say groin. We've, we've seen way worse on Twitter. Uh, we can we can talk about where he got hit. Say he got kicked in the nuts like kicked in the groin that's yeah. easy <laughs> like i'm only saying balls because we're on a podcast so i mean yeah and it's funnier that way it's funny because like, they had know. to call time out and he had to get out of the game because <laughs> he's like no seriously i he's right he's probably embarrassed at that point he's just like dude do not call time out yeah, i kind of i kind of think that might have worked out to the like not like yeah i guess the vikings advantage because the saints they tried to run they could only throw to the sideline on those the right. next few plays. But how much how much time would they have had if they were in a no huddle situation? Would it yeah, have that's been true. They could have they would have had to spike like the ball. Three or sec- I mean, they could have spiked the ball with three seconds and then attempted the field goal. But I mean, yeah. I mean, Dan Campbell hands you a win last week. You get a double mm-hmm. doink this week. That stuff's gonna go against you if you don't start playing uh, the right game. So Yes and no, like cause I feel like this was the other way was with Mike Zimmer. I I don't think they win this game with Mike Zimmer. 
I don't think they win last week's game with Mike Zimmer. I think they use the same playbook at the end. Yeah. I think, run, run, uh, short pass, <laughs> run it all the way down. Run on third. My defense will take care of this. Um, I just think the differences that Kevin O'Connell is making are, are less obvious and they're just coming through on the record. Um, because I think, I don't think Greg Joseph makes that game winning kick if after he makes that, misses extra point because Zimmer's staring through his soul. Uh, I don't think Kirk Cousins is coming back the last two weeks uh, with this team because of you know how poorly he played before those drives because Zimmer would like eat him alive too. So I think like Kevin O'Connell's approach to be like it's okay, this happens, you know, shit happens. It's football. Just focus on the next drive. And he said in the in the post game speech about Greg Joseph, like you know you you already made four field goals, just go make one more. And like that's not something you would hear from Mike Zimmer. He'd be like, "Right, oh, we're gonna go for it on fourth down because Greg can't make an extra point." Um, so I think that stuff that's like less obvious has made a difference for the Vikings, and that's a big reason why they're three and one. Yeah, they gotta clean some stuff up, but uh, again, these this is the NFL. Like blowouts, especially this year, are very infrequent. Like every time a, a team goes up by like fourteen, you see the other team come back. Like the Bills were down what, like 20, 20 to nothing yesterday or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think and it was they 17. came back. Yeah. And they came back. Like the Vikings were down 14 two weeks ago. Uh, I believe the Eagles were down 14 yesterday. So, like, the, the, the way the NFL is set up, where like the passing is, is mostly the center of every offense, it gives teams that ability to come back a lot easier because you're stopping the clock a lot more. So, yeah, there's there's stuff to fix, but I think that that Kevin O'Connell's making a difference, and I I don't think they win these games with Mike Zimmer that that they've won so far this year. Maybe we'll be proven wrong, or I'll be proven wrong. But um, just looking at the Vikings' performance on Sunday, just just specifically that against the Saints, what what do you, what worries you the most coming out of that game? Oh, I, I mentioned it. I think it starts going the other way. Um, you know what, too. I mean, Dalvin Cook doesn't look good. No. no, and I mean, part of it might be the offensive line, although I think they're getting good grades in run blocking right now. Yeah, so they're good. They're good at run blocking. Yeah. And I think, too, there was a stat like Dalvin Cook's expected yards uh, were like negative 36. Like oh, wow. he was like he was like super low. I, I don't know, man. I just don't think. I don't think he has the same jets as he has in years past. Is it a like different I, scheme? Are they, are they, they're still doing some zone yeah. blocking stuff. And but I mean, there's totally. a little bit of that, but I mean, if you're, if the line is run blocking as well as right. PFF says it is like, right. this shouldn't be a problem. So yeah, I mean, cause, cause Madison's doing yeah. pretty good. He's having a Madison good scored a touchdown. Dalvin did not. I I'm a little bit concerned. I I need to see Dalvin start breaking some runs here to kind of feel better about it. But he's turning into kind of Adrian Peterson where it's like two (laughs) yards, two yards. Mm -hmm. We haven't even seen like a 70 yard run yet or whatever, but I think that, uh, yeah. Let me ask you this. Uh, Javante Williams, the Broncos went down yesterday, lost for the season. Uh, Former Vikings assistant general manager. Now the general manager for the Broncos. If he calls the Vikings before the trade deadline, who are you willing to give up, Madison or Cook, if they want either one? I feel like Cook would get more, right? Yeah, he'd get you more for sure. 
but are you willing to part with him? See, there, yeah. there's another dynamic there too, because he's like a team leader. He's a captain. So, I mean, yeah, dealing one of your captains at the trade deadline if you're in <laughs> not really good luck. Isn't, it's not a PR move. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, and there's plenty of season left. Maybe this is just another member of the offense working out the kinks right now. And maybe Dalvin yeah. bounces back in a couple of weeks and he has a big game and everybody's like, okay, Dalvin is back. But I, I mean, yeah. Is he still, yeah, he's still getting like 20, at least 20 touches a game for the most part, except for the, the, the Eagles game, but that no one really did well that game. But I think he had over, he had at least 20 carries yesterday. He's just, his average is just not that great. And he had a couple yesterday where it looked like he was going to break and he got, got like tripped or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's they're They're there. And he's just, and I think the Vikings know it and he knows it like, but, and they're hoping that's going to come eventually, but so far it hasn't. But yeah, I think the Vikings need to t- take like a real good, hard, long look this offseason to see if they want to keep Dalvin Cook around or see if they can move him. Because first off, he's going to have a, a large cap hit next year, and uh, and I don't think this regime is really that inter- interested in paying running backs the amount that that he's going to be due. I think next offseason is going to be really not just for Cook, but like for everybody, like. Mm-hmm. And, and I always make the comparison between the Vikings and the wild, but it's like a really easy one to do it because Bill Guerin rolled into Minnesota and he was just like, all right, let's see what this core is. Yeah. Like, I mean, it had partially been broken up by Paul Fenton who traded Nino Niederreiter and uh, I believe uh, Charlie Coyle. And then he didn't get much for either deal, but could have made that he, up. I wouldn't have argued with you. Yeah, <laughs> he was, but he was just sitting back. He was looking and then all of a sudden he's like, all right, this isn't working. And he just like took a sledgehammer to the mm-hmm. damn thing. Like that could be crazy because you can save $7 million by cutting Dalvin cook next year. I think Adam mm-hmm. Dillon looks fine right now. I don't, I wouldn't get rid of him, but his mm-hmm. cap numbers to the moon as well. There's like there's a lot of players right now you can look at and be like, okay, we need cap space. See ya. But Harrison Smith, uh, Eric Kendricks, uh, Daniel Hunter, like all these guys could be, they could be gone next year. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, what makes you optimistic about the Vikings moving forward after watching yesterday's game? That they're winning games despite not having their best game. Yeah. Like maybe that's it, but I don't know. I, like, I, I'm a little bit worried that this is kind of fool's gold and a fake three, like a paper three and one as opposed to, yeah. Yeah. Know. It kind of has some of those games. feelings. Yeah. They're winning games. I would s- yesterday I, after yesterday's game, I would say that because of the double double doink. But even that, mm-hmm. that would have just been that would have just tied the game. So they could have gone in overtime, right, and won that game. And against the Lions, they executed a game winning drive and they got an interception on on the Lions last drive. So they they deserved that win. I feel like they came down. They they were trailing, but yeah, there's some times where you you look and you're like like the. Against the Packers, yeah, they they look great. Um, I don't know what the Packers were doing. I don't really think the Packers are that good either. I would say that the Packers are bigger. Maybe if you want to call a team a fluke three and one team, I would lean towards the Packers. They struggled to beat what a fifth round quarterback yesterday, fourth round quarterback. Um, they barely beat the Bears. <laughs> Here's a question for you: Which team right now are you looking at going like? That's a legit team because I think it's Buffalo. I think it's yeah. Kansas City, and I'm not yeah. Yeah. 100% sure about Eagles. that. And the Eagles. Cowboys? I, 
With I don't Cooper know Rush. about them. <laughs> I don't know. Like the Eagle. Okay. The Eagles play in the NFC East and you can dock them for that. Yes. But I mean, they look dominant. Like they look like they know what the hell they're doing. Dallas. It's like we beat the giants and we beat the commanders or is it the Steelers? I don't know. Those uniforms were awful, but you know, I giants? They, like the cow. I watched the too. Cowboys and I'm just like, ah, giants, giants are a paper tiger. They are. They are. The Rams They're counter- I think the Ram- three and one. That's, that's the word I was looking for. I think the Rams can be three and one tonight if they beat the Niners. Um, so there's as much as we look at the Vikings and we're like, yeah, you know, are they really like a true three and one team? I think most of the three and one teams are, are like that around the NFL have, they have plenty of holes to, to pick at and, and fix. So I think this next month will really show us if they're serious. And the next month of schedules, Seems like it's much easier for the Vikings than uh, it was the first month. Um, before we get off this game, did you see the Lewis scene injury? Did you watch the video? Yeah, he looked like he Madden glitched. It wasn't like, that doesn't that doesn't. I, I mean, I'm not trying to poke fun at it by saying, but like it was. There's weird. two videos. Like, you see both of them? No, I've just seen the broadcast one. There's one from uh, the stadium where they, they showed it on the jumbotron. The stadium, much closer look, not that fun to watch. No, no, I bet not. Um, no, it was it was weird. I don't know how he wound up like airborne because like Cause that's Chris, what it looked. Because Chris Boyd hit him. That's why Chris oh, Boyd Chris. went. He was blocking with Scene, and he dove his shoulder into the Saints player, and he hit Scene instead and knocked Scene off his feet. Mm. And so that's friendly how, fire. Yes, that's that's how he got airborne, and then his foot got caught in the turf. So I'm not. I don't want to blame Chris Boyd for it because that's just a freak injury. Um, you don't expect his leg to break in half when he lands on the ground, but maybe don't lunge your shoulder at someone when you're trying to block them on on special teams. Uh, Can we maybe talk don't talk about Chris Boyd maybe too. The, my next topic maybe don't take your helmet off after you recover a fumble on special teams like you just won the super bowl is Uh, it on the gram yet though (laughs) uh yeah well speaking of chris boyd uh after yesterday's game he apparently uh he wasn't looking on the internet but he somehow got upset by people on the internet because he tweeted this uh we've got some ungrateful fans I don't be on the internet looking for shit, but we uh, we won, and some were still complaining. We got a big dub. We three and one. STFU, also known as shut the fuck up. Uh, please find another team if you're not satisfied or shut the fuck up. Crying face emoji. So here's a few things. If if um you know fans, if you can't take fans complaining about a team that's not perfect after the three and one, then maybe you should find a new team because, you know, you're going to get criticized unless you're the, you know, 2000, what, seven Patriots or the 1972 Dolphins and you go perfect uh, every year. So, you know, and Chris Boyd, I, he's not, he, maybe his message is good. Like his, the purpose behind his message, maybe he's like, listen, guys, we're three and one. You know, we, we know we made some mistakes and we're going to try and fix it. But, you know, we're three and one. We should be happy moving forward because, yeah, there has been some teams that are like or some people online that have been like, this this team is terrible. How are they even three and one? And OK, that's fine. But they're three and one. And that's what matters. 
but he definitely didn't say it in the right way. And he's not the person to say something like that because all it does is just bring negative attention on him, negative attention on the team. And it's just not a good look. Like, this is supposed to be a different team. This is like some Bashad Breland type stuff where you go on on Twitter and insult the fan base for, for no reason. Like, come on, man. Like, this is... You're supposed to be an adult playing, like, for millions of dollars. Act like it. Don't don't be doing this. I, uh... I sound like a dad after I just said all that. I know. I'm trying to <laughs> get off the social media, dude. Yeah. Like, see... Like the whole thing's just funny. It's like I don't go looking for shit on the internet, but I saw but. some shit on the internet, and now I'm <laughs> going to go post shit on the internet because I'm mad. Like th- there was this tweet I saw over the weekend. It was like Kodak Black always has like the right idea but the wrong delivery, and he's like dressed up in all pink and like it's supposed to be like a breast cancer thing. And the <laughs> caption says, "I support breast cancer." Mm-hmm. Like um, that that's Chris Boyd because I think he's right. He's like. Hey guys, we're three and one. Like, yeah, yeah there's stuff yeah. to work on. There's stuff to do all that. He recovered a fumble yesterday. That was a good thing. And yeah, he took his helmet off, which I mean, that Did you see Patrick Boyd, Peterson but, next to him. He was like, whoa, 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 put your helmet back on. Like you could see him yeah. being like, whoa, dude, you're going to get flagged. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure, you know what? I, I'm sure he's a great locker. He must be a decent they like, dude. They like, like everybody they like seems him. to like him. Yeah. Fun, fun, it, fun. Just, guy, just it's funny when he comes out in public and like, you know, he's talking about tight buttholes with the old staff or like, you know, this whole thing, like SDFU to all the fans right now. It's just like, dude, like that is not going to get any fans on your side. If anything, I posted that on the Viking Age Facebook page and everyone was like, I agree 100 percent. I'm like, what? But that's also Facebook. <laughs> Facebook is a whole nother animal. But yeah, like it's just just there's no need for it. this. This you got a different culture a different vibe maybe he feels more free that he can do this i definitely don't think he would do that if mike zimmer was still the coach because mike zimmer would have like find him and suspended him probably if he he did that also shouldn't he be thankful that he actually even has a spot on on the vikings i know he's playing pretty good on special teams now but if andrew booth wasn't dealing with like a knee injury or a ankle injury this summer would chris boyd even be on the team right now He's got a quad bruise right know. now. Yeah. But in the summertime, there's a Herb Brooks quote I can think of about Andrew Booth, but I'm not going to say it. Oh, Mike Zimmer uh, would have a field day with him. Field day. Herb Brooks and Miracle. One of his lines was uh, the legs a hell of a long way from the heart. Oh, no. <laughs> that that seems like it would be a Mike Zimmer quote uh, oh, if sure. he was it's, working with Andrew Booth framed, right now. It's Which, framed and, in his and, office. And you know what? I, he's probably hurt. Like, I, I mean, you're hurt. Yeah. You're hurt. You can't yeah. play. I mean, right. unless you're too attacked by Aloha, they'll just drag your dead body onto the field, apparently. But um, The Dolphins would have played Lewis Seen on the, the next series. <laughs> Get in there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, the oh. yeah the Dolphins or not the Dolphins, the NFLPA fired the the independent doctor because he made some mistakes, and I'm just like, you think? I'm sure Doctor Nick will land on his feet soon enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everyone's like, but they're the they're the they're independent doctors. We should trust them. They 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 don't have any ties to the NFL, and it's like, is this your first time? Like, <laughs> um, all right, let's move on uh. off this game. Off of injuries, off of Chris Boyd. See if we can cool down a little bit. Let's just let's do some grading of uh, the first month of the Kevin Kevin O'Connell era. He's been with the Vikings now for 
more than four games, four meaningful games, uh, four regular season games. So Vikings are three and one, looking looking pretty decent. I believe the defense ranks twelfth in scoring, and the offense is like fifteenth in the league in scoring. So they're doing some some good things, uh, points wise. Um, just looking at the offense, what what letter grade would you give the Vikings after the first quarter? of the 2022 season. You know, it's funny. The Vikings are actually uh, ranked lower in points right now than they were a year ago. They're 15th right now, yeah. 14th last year. I would say they are a C. You could maybe even say D with the expectations that were placed on them. But like you said, this is the same team. So it really shouldn't be surprising that they're kind of struggling and kind of just tick too slow. I think they'll get better. And mm-hmm. once they did like, Justin Jefferson, probably a B plus. I wouldn't give Justin Jefferson an A. No. Like, no. I think he's been awesome and he's been torching guys. But, I mean, there's been some drops. There was mm-hmm. that game in Philadelphia and Detroit where he got shut down overall. Um, and then you got Kirk, who's just kind of like overthinking things right now. Mm-hmm. But I think they'll get better. I, I would give them a C right now. I'll grade on a bit of a lenient curve. I'll give them a C plus. I'll just be a little more optimistic because yeah i think they're gonna i feel like they've shown flashes like a bunch of their opening drives clearly they do well on the scripted plays they have to work you know work better on the other drives um where they have the kind of ad lib um but i like i like this this new offense i like the the how many times have we seen the vikings run uh, a play on the goal line with five wide receivers. Like this is all like foreign as much as it's foreign to the players. It's foreign to all of us too. So we're just like, we don't really even know what to expect still. Um, so I think they're figuring out what to do. The players are figuring things out. The The coaches are figuring things out. So I, I'll give them a C plus. I think they, they showed enough flashes. They've made a bunch of exciting plays um, that I feel like they've got a bunch of potential to, to, do well moving forward. And like I said with Devin Cook, like he's been so close to breaking one and, and he's tripped up on a foot or tripped up on a shoelace or whatever. So I think that gets taken care of. What about the defense? What what letter grade are you giving the defense after uh, four games? C minus. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I, you know, I was talking on my podcast, the Homer Horn today, and I got to the defense. And I'm like, I'm not really mad. Like, I mean, I don't think they played lights out, but I, I think we've been spoiled a little bit by defense because of how good it was under Mike Zimmer, Zimmer in that 2016 to 2018 stretch, maybe even 2019, you could argue, where, you know, they would just suffocate teams. And once that kind of fell apart, it's like defenses usually aren't like that. They're elite like those defenses are elite for a reason because it doesn't always happen. Right. So, I mean, the Vikings... Yeah, could they get a couple more stops? Yeah, sure. I mean, that last drive was a little bit discouraging, and it got aided again because Harrison Smith got kicked in the uh, groin area. But yeah, I mean it. Yeah, I, I mean this defense. I was never expecting this to be a lockdown unit. So the fact that they held the Lions to twenty four points, um, you know, the Eagles only had twenty four points. I, I mean, I know they had some bad moments in that game, but for the most part. I mean, it wasn't like the Eagles hung 40 on them. They shut down the Packers. Like, I, I don't know, C minus. I, I wouldn't call them a train wreck. I'm going to go C plus again because 
Mm. Um, I think there's some areas where you could definitely give them like a D or a D minus. Like yards wise, they give up a lot of yards. 27th in, in yards allowed, 26th in passing yards allowed, 23rd in rushing yards allowed. But their whole the whole point of their system is like that the bend don't break. And there's been a couple times where they've broken um, a bunch of times yesterday against the Saints. But um, for the most part, like I'm, I'll read you this these these rankings for them right now for the Vikings defense. And you you might have might be a little surprising. So 12th in points allowed. We I, we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, second best in passing touchdowns allowed. They only allowed three passing touchdowns. 13th in points allowed per drive. 11th in third down percentage. And uh, and seventeenth and fourth down percentage. So like, there's some there's some things to be happy about with with this defense. There's plenty not to be happy about. But like like I said with the offense, I think they've got a, a bunch of time to to figure things. Not a bunch of time, but I think over time they will figure things out and maybe patch up some of the the yardage things. But that's what they want to do. They they want to give you like they want to get you in the red zone and then put you in in shorter yardage situations because they feel like that's where they they do best. They're not going to do their best when you're on your own 30 and you have 70 yards of field to work with. That's just not what this defense is is built for. But I'm also a little worried about the pass rush. Uh, Daniel Hunter, I know he's been graded well with PFF or whatever, but he hasn't really made that big of an impact this year. Maybe, Maybe it's because he's standing up or whatever or, or whatever. Zadarius Smith's been pretty good. He didn't play a lot yesterday. That's why he didn't put up as many good numbers. He still got a sack. Um but they need they need some more pass rushing help. We can't have Dalvin Tomlinson being the, the guy that leads this team in pressures. He's a defensive tackle. Come on. Uh special teams. What grade are we giving special teams? I would give him a B plus. Yeah. Like, I, I think they've been pretty good. I mean, I know Joseph missed a couple of kicks last week, missed a kick this week. But, I mean, I think the way that they've handled their special teams have been good. I Ryan Wright, I, I haven't seen a punt yet where I'm like, oh, he screwed up. <laughs> you know, right. so, I mean, there's been very few moments where you say, oh, they screwed up. Like, Chris Boyd, I guess, breaking Lewis Seen's leg could probably go into that category. But, yeah. Yeah, well, you know. uh, punt coverage or punt coverage, kick coverage. I think they've been they've been good. I don't think they've allowed really a long return this year. Um, punting, yes, is good. Ryan Wright's been a, a pleasant surprise. I don't I don't think we really knew what to expect from him because he's an undrafted rookie, and I don't think a lot of people even expect him to make the team. Craig Joseph, yeah, he missed those two kicks last week, but they were what from fifty six yards away. Um, and and there was a tornado apparently in uh, in US Bank Stadium coming through the the doors um but yeah he's been a pleasant surprise uh the vikings rank second in opposing starting field position uh the opponents have started on the 23 their own 23.6 yard line that's something that like i don't think we think about as much but that's very important like for for your for your defense for you know your special teams whatever be able to pin pin a team back and give them make them drive even farther so I think the special team has been really good I'll give them I'll give I'll give them a minus how about that um because we haven't seen a punt return we haven't seen a kickoff return and I think we're just waiting to see that um Kevin O'Connell 
we'll just do this this grade for Kevin O'Connell, and then we'll get out of here. Um, what do we think? What does he deserve? A minus. Ooh, wow. I don't know. I don't smi- think it's he, a smile. It's a smile. That's why you made a minus. Well, I think I think it's just been <laughs> a little bit of changes that we've seen, right? And I yeah. think they've all had a positive outback. So, like you were talking about him talking to Greg Joseph and being like, "Dude, you've made four kicks already. Don't worry about that one. Like next yeah. one's gonna win the game." Like. You know, Mike Zimmer probably would have been cleaning his gun on the sideline during his last attempt. <laughs> like, just kind of, you have to think Mike Zimmer is somewhere like watching these first three games, like seeing a double doink and be like, come on. <laughs> you know, I can I get, why can I get, are those you bounces? serious? You know, I, I mean, but yeah, I mean, you know, the special Matt Daniels, I think has done a really good job uh, managing the special teams. I think that some of Kevin O'Connell Connell's clock management uh, could use work after the last game. But I mean, overall, it's yeah. been fine. Um, I yeah, yeah, A minus B plus somewhere in there, maybe B yeah. plus. I'll go yeah. B plus. I don't want to yeah. give out any A's because this isn't <laughs> like a gangbusters team. You know what oh, I mean? Right. But the three and one is pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'll give yeah, I'll give him a would you or a B plus yeah, I'll give him a B plus too because I think sure. like like you said the the clock management still needs some some work but he's this is the first four games I'm not surprised by that stuff I think he's still learned how to do all the call plays and manage the entire team at the same time I think uh, he's got a, a lot of help he hired a lot of people I think that's proving to be a, a good decision by him. I think the the training staff that they brought in is is really good. I'm not so sure about like what he had to do with that, but like their approach to practice and and even when they went to London, they left like they were only there for like 60 hours or something because they didn't want to mess up their, their time clocks and their body. Um, just just like all this innovative stuff that was not going to happen with Mike Zimmer, and uh, it's proving to be good because there there aren't a whole lot of players that are hurt for the Vikings. They seem to be very happy every week. You know, it's seems like a dumb thing to say, but this team needed to, like someone to let them smile when they come to the building every day. Like even after a loss, like it's not the end of the world. If you lose a football game, like we're going to fix this and like move on forward. And his approach to uh, the media, have we seen him get mad? in the media yet i don't think so like no he's, even if he disagrees with something he'll just be like i could see that and then like go on to his answer but like he has not had and you know chris thomason and, and the normal guys have have tried they've tried to like poke at him and and stuff but he's just he's i've watched some of his like x and o stuff that they have on like vikings.com and i'm like he is a better analyst than anyone who works for vikings.com and he's gonna have like he's gonna be like a tv analyst when he already was he's yeah. gonna be be one when he's done coaching probably if he wants to because he's very well spoken he could probably even be a politician with the way that he speaks about things like just so evenly he's not he doesn't he doesn't throw people under the bus um you know he's always like he's he's putting things on his shoulders whether it he deserves it or not like there's just so many huge differences that don't seem that big, but really are. And they've made a big impact on this team. And uh, I'm really happy that he's the Vikings head coach. Hopefully he won't make me regret that moving forward. 
Uh, but so far, so good. And they I guess just five and twelve. Oh, just just the last quote. question I'll, I'll have for you. I said that one was going to be the last, but the last one is judging from the four games that we've seen already. What do you think the record is that the Vikings will finish with this season? Uh looking at the schedule, twelve and five. That's what I have. I, I think <laughs> I think they'll win twelve games. I mean. I'm not counting for the pendulum swinging back to them, but I mean, I look at the schedule and it's like, what games scare you? Like yeah. trip to Miami, that that's a big one. Uh, trip to Washington scares me. If only yeah. Kirk Cousins. The field. The field. Kirk, I, I am I am afraid of uh, Kirk Cousins going to Washington because <laughs> that could be like an overthinking game for him. Awaking some ghosts. Yeah. Uh, trip to Buffalo. That's that's going to be a tough one. Um, Patriots is tough, but I think you'll win that game. I mean, going up against Belichick, that's always hard. Hey, do you think? And then uh, you have to go to Green Bay, which I yeah, I they are going to be a better team by the time we yeah. see them again. They'll they'll get everything figured out. Dobbs is starting to come on. Lazard is starting to come on. Watkins they'll, even they'll, got they'll, get, they'll get it figured out. Who did? Or Christian Wilkins or whatever. Even he even got Christian a Watson. Watson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He even got a touchdown yesterday. Um, Put him in the Hall of Fame. Hey, do you think in the Thanksgiving pregame show they'll mention at all about Kevin O'Connell, how he used to be the quarterback for the Patriots under Bill Belichick? Do you think they'll mention that at all? Um, Here and there. (laughs) Maybe just like, like, uh, you know, Kevin O'Connell, who used to be with the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I have the same thing. I, I have the losing to the Dolphins, Bills. Packers and on the road to the Lions. Okay. Um, I could see that. But then I looked at 538, who does like a bunch of analytic stuff, and they have the Vikings. Their win probability is higher than their opponents in uh, 10 of their next or final 13 games. So that would have them finishing with 13 wins. Um, could see that too. So it's looking good. And the Vikings have finished. This is the fifth time the Vikings have finished three and one after their first four games. They made the playoffs every single time before that. Uh, Danny Green in his first season started third or three and one with the Vikings, nineteen ninety two. Um, and let's see, so I got some more three and one stats. Five of the last, five of the six NFC teams from last year were three and one, made the playoffs. Um, and the Rams won the Super Bowl. They started three and one. So starting three and one is good. That's what I'm just trying to say. Um, Unless you're, it's 2018 because only three of the teams who started three and one, uh, three of the eight teams made the playoffs in 2018, and a team like the Jaguars started three and one, finished five and eleven. So there's that too. Um, but it's looking up. I'm I'm excited about this team. Are you excited moving forward? We'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> you're such a Minnesota I, sports. Fan. I just I I want to see improvement. And yeah. once there's improvement, no, then I'll start going, hey, yeah. we can do this. But we can't we can't get our hopes up until they are, are raising the Vince Lombardi trophy on the stage. Like that's I think when Vikings fans would be like, OK, all right, we can stop being so so pessimistic. But yeah. All right. So on Thursday, we will be back with another show to preview the intense rivalry against the Bears who might throw more than 10 times against the Vikings. Um. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to our channel, like this video, uh, follow us on Twitter, on Facebook. And if you're looking for the audio version of this podcast, it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get your podcasts, 
So go check that out. That'll be available in the morning. But until next time, Chris and I will talk to you later. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.